Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And today what I wanted to discuss, Father, is kind of building off that last conversation we had about apologies and what I tend to find to be one of the underlying causes of apologies, or at least needing to make an apology in my life, and that would be a little word called stress, because that heightens everything. (laughs) People don't, you know, you don't think everything through because you just got so much else going on in another aspect of your life with another relationship somewhere else that's blurring and cross lines, and it's just adding to it. I think you know, everyone has that example of they had that really stressful day at work and they come home and it's still with them. And it's hard to have that skill sometimes to be able to turn it off like a car. You know, your car you can turn off. It doesn't run anymore. Emotions and stress aren't always like that. So I wanted to see if we had a starting point, Father, where if you want to give us some guidance as far as the direction to take this conversation. But that's the topic that I think is is very adequate right now. Yeah, what causes us to have stress? It's uh, it's a great question. And as you point out, the consequences of stress can be pretty damaging. We can really damage some pretty important relationships when we have too much stress, when we don't know how to deal with our stress in a healthy way. And so uh, how to avoid stress and how to deal with stress are uh, great, great questions. And then again, that comes back to the question of why do we have stress to begin with? What's, what's causing our stress? And I guess one reason that we have stress is we feel that we have to do more than we feel capable of doing. So stress often goes together with a certain amount of helplessness, uh, powerlessness, weakness. We, we feel stress when we don't have everything under control when uh, we are overwhelmed by the responsibilities that we have, uh, the commitments that we've taken on, the checklists that we've got to complete, we feel the expectations of others, expressed or unexpressed, uh, we, and then we feel the pile of work expectations and family expectations and then just personal expectations we may also feel our inadequacy and our failure to live up to some of those expectations. We want to give and to do and to be more than we feel that we are. And all of those things pay a, have a, a weigh on us tremendously. And we can then start to feel and our our bodies actually there's some chemical reactions I'm not an expert at these things but cortisol is the chemical that goes together with stress and it kind of gets triggered by the fact that you know, we can make the connections to our, our ancient ancestors or other animals that are living in the wild we live very domesticated lives now you know but uh, when we were living in the wild stress would be caused by like a tiger <laughs> a tiger becomes stressful. And uh, and then cortisol runs through our bodies and we get really cranked up and our, our muscles, there's some adrenaline and this kind of thing. And, uh, and we would exercise that by running or by being super heightened in our attention and we become more kind of powerful in our bodies and then we would face this threat in a way that was 
you know, at, at our best, and then our bodies would be kind of exhausted by that. But now we don't face that kind of threat. Our threats are much more immaterial, much more, uh, you know, sort of emotional or interpersonal, relational, this kind of thing. And so that cortisol just like builds up in our bodies, and then we feel tightness and we get all this pressure and headaches and our shoulders and uh, maybe sort of settles into our stomach and we feel anyway I'm just describing the kind of physical responses that we get to stress sure. and then we get stressed about our stress you know we feel stressed oh, yeah. and we don't know what to do with that and so then that uh, cycle complicates itself and and uh, we get a downward spiral there so this is a reality. Now, obviously, I can describe this as well as I can because I str- I'm, I'm no stranger to stress. I've certainly had plenty of stress in my life. Mm-hmm. I remember going to the, the dentist at one point, and he said, uh, you grind your teeth? And I said, no, no, I don't grind my teeth. And he's looking at my teeth, and he's going, let me say that again. You grind your teeth. I was like, <laughs> I grind my teeth? Uh, you know. So he gave me this thing, do you, do you have these kinds of symptoms? Yeah. And I started paying more attention. I'm like, how do you kind of grind my teeth? How about that? You know, what's, oh, I, you know, and then I started to identify stress in my, in my jaw. Like, oh, I, I can actually feel when I'm stressed. I was, I was not even in touch with my own stress. I was just kind of bearing it and, oh, you know, like people don't always feel like this. (laughs) How about that? I'm stressed. So how do we face stress? Well, if I can come back to that simple description, we feel uh, that we have to do more than we are able to do or we have to do things that we don't feel we are able to do. We feel weak in the face of the responsibilities, the burdens that have been placed on us or that we have placed on ourselves. And so what can help us with this? Well, God. Because First of all, he does not ask us to do more than we are able to do. That is to say, he will always help us to do what he asks us to do. Our former bishop, the one who ordained me, Bishop Brandt, whenever he preached an ordination homily, he would always remind the priests that he was ordaining, God will never lead you where his grace will not sustain you. And inevitably, People commented to me, I loved the bishop's homily. I loved what he said at the end of his homily. God will never lead you where his grace will not sustain you. God will give you what you need to do what he's asking you to do. Now, sometimes we're asking ourselves to do, and other people are asking us to do more than God's asking us to do. Sometimes the cause of our stress is that. That's fueled by pride and by vanity. I'm trying to do more than I'm able to do, I feel like I have to, uh, or vanity that to please others, I'm taking on more than God is asking me to do. So some of our stress can be released by actually focusing on what God is asking me to do rather than the things that others and I am placing on myself. So we can start to look at what we're doing. Is this really what God is asking me to do? Do I have to let go of some things? Have I taken on too much out of my own pride? Uh, you can see another easily, thing that... Oh. Go ahead. Yes, I say, you can see how easily that vanity can take over. Either you're the type of person who has to buy all the latest and newest stuff 
and a great cause of stress is well now how am I going to pay for all this I got a, a credit card bill that's astronomically high and I'll never recover um, you know not living within a budget because you have to have the newest and the best and they just announced that new iPhone and I guarantee you this weekend there will be sold out of all these stores because everyone will have to have it and I think that that's a example of it and I think you also can do it where you don't trust anyone else in the terms of actions I have to do everything just so people see that I'm doing it because no one I can't trust anyone that it'll get done unless I'm doing it because no one else is capable and I think that those are two examples of the vanity expression that I see most prevalently in in my life. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to throw in that energy. No, it's uh it's excellent. Yeah. So uh not only uh vanity but greed in that sense. The need to have I need to have all of this stuff. Grasping after material goods can be a cause of stress. Like you said, we can buy things, put ourselves in debt. And then feel the burden of all that debt. It's a lot of stress there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, making better choices, discerning what God is actually asking for, these are some ways to unburden some stress. And some people take things on. In the church world, there are a lot of overfunctioners, a lot of people who are trying to do everything. You know, they're mm-hmm. trying to help everybody, they've taken on every ministry. And they're all stressed out about it. Yeah, Mary. And the question we have to, <laughs> yeah, you know, and the question we have to ask ourselves is, am I doing this, or is God asking me to do this? If I'm doing this, if I'm putting all these burdens on myself, I have to ask myself, why? Why am I doing that? And is this really what God wants? And maybe dial back on some things. Some people have such a need to be needed that there's uh, something getting worked out there or or just uh, really a goodness in their heart to help everybody. But at the end of the day, we're not the Savior. There's already is a Savior, and we can trust in him. So dialing some things back can be helpful. And then the other thing is to really do things with God. Sometimes we, we depend on ourselves, and we feel the the tension, the stress of knowing I, I'm not capable of helping this person who's dying, for example. I, I'm not capable of, of doing it. I don't have the words to say. I, I feel uncomfortable. I don't know how to be present to this person. I don't know how to help them. I can't save them from dying. You know, I'm at this hospital bed and, and that I've got it all together at the same time. Oh, yeah, you know, this is like no problem. We're just here with this person my who's who I love with all my heart and um, you know, I'm not. I don't know how to live without them, but everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and living in that kind of schizophrenia of pretending that I am something that I'm not, or pretending that I can do something that I can't, it's so much better if I can just say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to give what I have, little as that may be. I'm just going to go out and offer my weakness to support somebody. And then I'm going to trust that God is going to provide for the rest. And it's amazing what a difference it makes to, to have that kind of surrender and to go into a situation not knowing how I'm going to handle it, but trusting that God is with me and that he'll give me the words, he'll give me the peace of mind, he'll give me the, the presence, 
he'll he'll be at work and I can really trust in him yeah that's um that makes a lot of sense you know the, the thing that always gets me because it just seems so illogical is people who stress about stressing you know that just <laughs> seems to be just from an intellectually standpoint the worst use of emotion and energy that you can do there's probably something worse than that but it's pretty far up there on the list in terms of bad ideas and I just don't understand it but it's some people's second nature and I just don't get it well and and it's a there is a kind of general point to that that we can judge ourselves in this negative way and sometimes even a podcast like this or or our Christian faith could spur that on in people that we suddenly plant the idea idea in people's heads it's bad to be stressed and now we've turned this into a moral thing and so now I see that I'm stressed and it's bad to be stressed and so I need to stop stressing and now I'm stressed about my stress and so this uh, applying this kind of moral evaluation to the position that I'm in it's always a bad idea uh, what we would rather do is say okay I let's identify I am stressed I didn't choose this I don't want to be here we know that mm -hmm. uh, what can I do well I can present myself to God as I am I'm not bad because I'm stressed so we have to remove that moral evaluation I'm not bad because I'm stressed I'm simply stressed in fact I'm poor and needy because I'm stressed and God loves the poor and needy God loves those who are little and can't help themselves, just like we do. We love little babies. We love the poor and the needy. We love people that we can help, and God the same way. So if I can see things like stress, you know, a related thing is anxiety or sadness. Sometimes we can be anxious about our anxiety or sad about our sadness. Stop applying a moral quality to that. Our feelings are facts. Feelings are facts. You feel the way you feel, mm -hmm. and that's part of the picture. And God accepts you however you are. And so just to present yourself to him, to give yourself to him and all the feelings as they are, and to know that he loves us, does so much more good for stress and sorrow and anxiety than judging and condemning ourselves for them. So I might be missing a correlation, or making a correlation that isn't there, but... At the end of the day, it basically seems, if I'm hearing you right, that the stress you're having fundamentally is coming down because you don't trust God enough to take care of it. <laughs> well, uh, and I would only rephrase that, Joe, because that's uh, precisely the kind of expression that makes people stressed about their stress. Okay. Uh, this is a sign that I don't trust God enough. I must be bad, right? Fair Stop enough. that. Um, but but the point that you make, and I'll just restate it in a positive way, as we learn to trust God more, it will diminish our stress and anxiety. And so let's do what we can, especially when we're not stressed, to learn how to trust God more so that we won't get as stressed. Yeah, and that makes a ton of sense there. So, 
In starting point and moving forward to get rid of stress, it seems logical that you should start with what is causing said stress. And you get, kind of gave us two examples early on. Either A, it's something from an outside person trying to put something upon you that may or may not be what God once put upon you. You know, the boss is making me do all these three projects. He gave me a deadline that is way too soon. How am I going to get this done? It, it's impossible. And that obviously can be an easy generator of stress right there. And that's very, I think, understandable to get how that would get down the direction. So knowing that that's the cause of it, and knowing that since that's essentially our job, and unless we walk out on that job today, we're going to have to kind of deal with this for a little bit here. How do we, recognizing the challenge and the difficulty of what said task is, figure out how to live with it in a more positive way so it doesn't create negative ramifications, in a sense almost using that chemical reaction we were discussing earlier about how it makes you stronger to be able to either run away from a tiger figure out a game plan to take it out how do we do that same thing with this example of we need to get this project done and we need to figure out how to use it positively opposed to trying to find a coping mechanism which is going to make things worse uh, and, and again you highlighted the the one side you know one way we can reduce stress is by not doing more than god is asking us to do okay if we're in a job and uh, we believe that god has called us to that job our boss is the voice of god in certain ways we may still be in a position to negotiate with him a little bit but at the end of the day he says you have to do this i feel overwhelmed about it i don't feel like i have what it takes to to measure up to that well again just admitting those things just seeing that that's the dynamic that's going on and, and feeling our, our weakness. Sometimes we can share that with somebody. That's where uh, spouses can be very helpful or spiritual directors or friends or somebody that I can say, man, I just feel like I have so much to do and I'm not capable of it. And um, Just sharing it makes a big difference. There's, a, there's an old adage that, a sorrow shared is half the sorrow, and a joy shared is twice the joy. And a stress shared is, uh, is maybe half the stress, at least a little bit less of the stress. Mm -hmm. And just to be able to speak it to someone and, and acknowledge that. And then probably we could even say for ourselves, and maybe that person says to us, you know, God is with you, and he's going to help you make it through this. What's the worst that's going to happen? That's actually a very helpful stress reliever. What's the worst that's going to happen? Sometimes we make mountains out of a molehill. Mm -hmm. um, I, I get a B. <laughs> I do a little less well than somebody else did. I don't quite make it to up to my boss's expectations. And so what? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, life goes on, doesn't it? What's the worst that could happen? Well, I fail and I get fired. Okay. Um, will you be able to get another job? Well, probably. <laughs> Uh, is it going to be painful and difficult? Well, yeah, sure. But are you going to be all right? I'm going to be all right. When we can work ourselves through that kind of reasoning, sometimes it can help to, God's with me, taking care of me. So, Father, I love how you just walk through that process of what's the worst case scenario, because that's essentially how I've always done everything. And 
I know that there's times whenever I get objective. Well, how do you know that, that that's the worst case scenario? I'm like, because I've been there before. You know, it, when you live in the world of commission, which means you only get paid if you produce, essentially, it it really is either you get the sale and you get money or you don't and you don't. So it does get into a situation where, you know, you just learn processes to make your life better. You know, you have a little bit more savings than most people because you don't want to be in a spot where you're stressing out that what happens if this person says no. You give yourself more potential clients out there, so if one of them says no, it's not the end of the world. You have other people you can sell to, so on and so forth. So there's always seems to be positive answers, and sometimes it just needs to be a different way of looking at it that can make everyone grow better. And one fear that a lot of people have, and this is just in a working context, that if you can get over will make your life so much better. Do not be afraid to encourage the person who's your ultimate replacement and to bring them on board with you sooner rather than later. There's so many people that are out there that says, oh, well, if this guy starts starts taking over the world, well, then where am I going to go? I'm going to get kicked out and I'm going to get fired. No, in all probability, you're going to get put into a more suited spot for you, whether it be a lateral move or a higher move. And normally what holds people back, and this is both living it and being in the manager's seat, is I can't move you up because I have no one who can replace what you're doing now. So I can't grow it. And like I said, that's one of the things that most people fear so much. And the reality is, is the person who's going to take over your role is going to help you so much during that period that it will make your life so much better. So that's a side thing that in the corporate world is very real. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, beautiful. It's uh, it's so helpful when we can think through those things. And again, having somebody else help us think through those things is also a great to to take advantage of. You know, if we have somebody who's got some experience, some wisdom to share with us, then when we're stressed about these things, someone else can say, "Hey, what's the worst thing that's going to happen?" And you can just un- unfold for them, just like you did, Joe, uh, how these things end up working to the good. And that's really our promise as Christians. St. Paul says it so beautifully and so clearly in Romans 8, 28, God works all things for the good for those who love him. And so if we focus more on loving God and then accept and embrace the fact that he's working all things for the good, we can get less stressed about these things. Even in the worst case scenario, case scenario because God works all things to the good is still the best case scenario. Yeah. God works all things to the good. What's the worst case scenario? That we would kill God. And that happened. The instrument of our salvation in Christ on the cross. <laughs> so the worst case scenario has already taken place and it worked out great for us. Yeah. So well, if that, like that, you know, I was thinking back to a prior example you gave before about turning off your cell phone and just not having it for a while because, you know, you said, let's be honest here, how many times does someone really, really need to get a hold of you in your lifetime? And the answer is definitely less than three, if if ever. <laughs> so when, when you bring it like that and saying, 
what's the worst case scenario truly if you really break it down the opportunity of you or someone you love dying as a result of your choice or what you do is probably in that same realm it's virtually never going to be an option and just do do it as as your heart's telling you and I guess that goes back to a couple of things we've been talking over the last month or so about the well-formed conscience and some people just call it their gut feeling but it seems to be the same thing and I know that when I learned from going back in my world if you feel something inside of you that you have to say get it out and in my personal life ever since I've started adopting that it has just relieved tension and relieved stress in so many ways that now it's virtually second hand to me where I just say things that I feel that should be said now some people tell me I don't have a filter which is its own issue but that just seems to be the end result that makes things better off and it just kind of seems to be a, a, an underlying theme that we've had over these last couple of casts um, I just wanted to throw that out there it's a good theme so uh, so yeah, so so as as we're running short on time here with this podcast, I, I do want to thank everyone out there for for participating in it, for for listening to us, and for continuing to let let the masses know. As we've been telling you, we do have a Twitter account at Father and Joe, so please follow us and send retweets whenever we're sending out our new cast every Tuesday. Again, Father, I would like to thank you for allowing us to do this cast here and gracing us with your wisdom. And I'd like to thank everyone out there for listening, telling a friend, and please continue to give us the, uh, the reviews you have been. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next week.